could shine between the lines if you would let yourself go find some place you know you can use your words use your hands you can change the world just pretend express yourself take a chance and you'll see who you'll be it's time to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Children are incredible with unquenchable curiosity. They inquire about small things and big things, wanting to know more about the world around them. Well, it's time to be a child again and bring back that ability to inquire. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice, right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Hannah Hundle, and today the theme for our show is the gift of asking. And I'm Caitlin Darrow. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity. Each week, we bring you a stimulating, mind-bending, motivating program based on a chapter from our award-winning book, Be The Star You Are for Teens. Simple gifts for living, loving, laughing, learning, and leading. With regard to this week's theme, The Gift of Asking, we are going to examine how you can discover the miracles and majesty of life by asking away. We have a power-packed show for you today, so we'll dive right in. To get some insight on the topic, we're first going to turn to one very, very cool author, Michelle Zink. Michelle writes young adult fiction, and she is the award-winning author of six published novels and six novellas. Her first series, Prophecy of the Sisters, was one of Booklist's top 10 debut novels and a Booklist's top 10 young adult novel. Her character, Alice, is the recipient of the Best Villain Award from the Teen Read Awards, an award won in competition with Lord Voldemort. Michelle's work includes Lies I Told, This Wicked Game, and A Temptation of Angels. The thrilling high-stakes novel, Lies I Told, deftly explores the roles of identity and loyalty while offering, while offering a window into the world of the rich and fabulous. In the book, character Grace Fontaine has been adopted into a family of thieves who con affluent people out of anything of value. But when things start to go wrong on the Fontaine's biggest heist yet, Grace finds herself breaking more and more of the rules designed to keep her from getting caught including the most important one of all, never fall for your mark. Wow. Michelle's work has been translated into more than 20 languages and published in over 20 countries. She lives in New York in an old converted barn with too many teenagers and too many cats. Michelle, we are beyond thrilled to welcome you to the program today. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Hannah and Caitlin. We are thrilled, and first things first, we got to ask every writer this question. When did you know that you had found your passion? When did you know that you wanted to write? You know, when I look back on my adolescence, I was always a writer. I was always, you know, reading and writing in notebooks and writing bad, angsty poetry, as, mm-hmm. as we do. Um, 
but I kind of lost my way, you know, along the way, I'd never really known anyone who was a writer for a living. So it sort of seemed like this mysterious thing that other people somehow managed to make happen. And I actually ended up working um, for a technology consulting firm. And um, I was in California and, um, you know, making really good money, but just really, really unhappy and um, decided to make a a life change and, and move to a really small town where it was a lot cheaper to um, figure out what I wanted and who I was. And I just sort of gradually found my way back to uh, reading and writing. And, you know, once I did, I, I it was like breathing. I, I couldn't imagine that I hadn't done it all those years, you know. And so I knew right away that that was what I was meant to do. Wow. And I think it's so special that you were able to reconnect back to those roots, because I think that sometimes as we grow older, you know, we we lose touch with those passions. So I think it's so great that you were able to reconnect with that and continue your writing. Um, So how long did it take for you to actually get published? Well, you know, once I knew that I really wanted to write, a lot of times you hear writers say, when people ask them if they always wanted to get published, they'll say, oh, no, you know, it's always just been about the writing for me. But for me, I mean, I knew that I wanted to be published because if I didn't get published, I'd have to go get another job I hated. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I, you know, publication for me meant maybe I could get paid to do something I loved. Um, So I was pretty determined. I wrote five books in uh, two and a half years. Um, and I, you know, I just worked really hard. Once my kids were in bed around nine, I gave up TV completely and I worked until sometimes two or three in the morning and then got up at six to take them to school. And I just was determined, you know, that if it wasn't book one, then it would be book two or three or four or five or, or however many it took. Wow. Wow. And you mentioned was drive to get paid for doing what you love. And I think in today's world, that can be a tall order sometimes. And it's something that you really can't do on your own. I mean, we think that following our dreams is our own destiny and our own mission. But in reality, it involves a lot of other people. And I'm sure in the quest to get published, that really involved asking for help, reaching out to people for their opinion on your work. How did that work out for you, that process of being able to reach out and realizing that it wasn't just going to be accomplished on your own? Oh, I mean, it was so critical for me because, you know, at first I was getting all of my information about publication from, you know, books that seemed like they knew what they were talking about. But once I really connected with the online writing community um, and put things out there like my query letter, you know, I'd write a query letter that was exactly like the one the books say you should write. And then all the other writers in the online writing community would say, oh, no, no, you don't do this. You can't make it two pages. It can only be one page, you know. Um, And so that's something that I didn't, you know, I just didn't know until I asked people, um, about it. And, and, and then as I went along and continued, you know, I found some great critique partners who also, um, read my work and, uh, gave me really valuable feedback that sort of took my writing to the next level. And, um, I mean, I'll never be able to thank them enough because I know I wouldn't be where I am without them. Definitely. And I think that's special that you were able to reach out to these online writing communities and have that support. Um, I think sometimes if you just reach out and ask for help, um, it's really surprised me how supportive people have been um, to me. So I think that sometimes people are, are scared to ask for help. And that's awesome that you were able to receive that support online. And also, you're a single mom to four young people um, between the ages of 15 to 22, and you write for young adults. So how do they inform your writing or kind of inspire it? Are they a big part in it? And is that kind of why you decided to write for the YA um, kind of community? 
Well, you know, I think I started writing YA because I sort of, if you talk to adults everywhere, they'll tell you they have this age that they feel they are stuck at in their mind forever and ever. Um, and for me, you know, that's probably somewhere between 17 and 19. You know, I, I think, oh, yeah, I'm still I'm still 19, sure. Um, and so it felt more natural to me to write for young people. And I also remember all the books that meant so much to me, you know, when I was a young person. I mean, I feel like it's such a privilege to be a part of that time in someone's life. But my young people definitely inform everything about my writing from topic to dialogue, which is really, really big. A lot of people will, you know, comment on my dialogue. Uh, young people will talk about how sort of realistic it is. But I think it's just because um, I'm surrounded by it all the time. And I end up talking that way too, unfortunately, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. And we know that you actually have a new book out this month. It's called Lies I Told. And we briefly introduced it in the beginning, but tell us about the journey of writing this book. Have you found yourself evolving as a writer, the more novels and novellas that you write? Oh, absolutely. I mean, for me, when I, I don't have any actual official training in writing, you know, I don't have a degree in creative writing or English or anything like that. And so I'm a completely self-taught writer. And in the beginning, it was I was much more flying by the seat of my pants and sort of what felt right as a reader and a writer. And um, particularly with Lies I Told, um, I really evolved in terms of craft and just really seeking out the information I needed to just be better, you know, really be better about pacing and all the sort of little fine points that that separate you know great writing from average writing and lies i told has has been my best reviewed book since prophecy of the sisters so i'm hoping that that that's um sort of vindicating all of that effort i made <laughs> <laughs> well congratulations um so is there some way that you think baby grace uh the main character in lies i told could have asked for help to get out of her tremendously difficult situation yeah, I definitely think there 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 were people who would help Grace, but I think that a big part of lies I told is that sort of um, culture of silence, you know, that that some people fall into, where when you are sort of held very closely by a group of people or one person who's sort of trying to keep you in one place, it can be really difficult, you know, to break out of that. So I I understand why she didn't, but I think that in the second book you'll see that there are many people willing to help her. Right, right. Wow. Well, thank you very much, Michelle, for this great conversation. You are so passionate about what you do, and it definitely shines through all of your work. So thank you for that. And during the break, everyone, be sure to connect with Michelle on Twitter at Michelle Zink and check out her website, michellezink.com, for more information on her books, Lies I Told, This Wicked Game, and A Temptation of Angels. They are truly terrific. I'm Hannah Hundle. <laughs> well, thank you again so much for coming on. I'm Caitlin Darrow. On May 9th, visit the Be the Star You Are book booth at the 9th Annual Moraga Fair. Compliments of our sponsors, Brooke Albrus and Children's Success Unlimited, and also Michael Verbrug Construction. Mark your calendars and visit events at btsya.org. It'll be a ton of fun. Stick around for the next segment as we continue our conversation on asking. They're right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself 
on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star team. You are teens. listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, brought to you by Be The Star You Are charity. I'm Hannah Hundle, and today our show is all about the gift of asking. And I'm Caitlin Darrow, and let me just say, we couldn't have asked for a better lineup of guests today. That's because we get to speak with a trio of Christian ministers who are breathing new life into the importance of the father for children's social and emotional development with their book, Daddy Look. Authors Reggie Watts, Todd Battle, and Daryl Sanders tackle lots of weighty parenting questions in their tremendous book, destined to change the lives of all who read it, and bound to make a difference in children's lives as well. Daddy Look outlines how to become a godly father by focusing on five important virtues, being a godly man, being a man of character, being a teacher, being a provider, and being a protector. Wow, all very important, and we are honored to begin diving right into this great book by talking to one of the authors, Reggie Watts. Reggie Watts was born in Columbia, Mississippi. His parents later moved the family to San Francisco, California in 1980, where they joined Mount Vernon Missionary Baptist Church under Pastor Obi Latin, and Reggie accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior at the age of 12. Reggie attended Solano Community College and received a basketball scholarship to San Francisco State University, where he studied business administration. He announced his call to the ministry in 1999 and preached his first sermon on December 31, 2000. He received his certification of license to the gospel ministry on April 2, 2000, and his certification of ordination on December 28, 2003 both under the pastoral leadership of Reverend Leroy Williams Sr., pastor of Mount Hermon Missionary Baptist Church in San Francisco, California. Reggie is a faithful member of the Greater New Mount Hermon Missionary Baptist Church of Berkeley, California, where Dr. Todd Battle is his loving pastor and teacher. Reggie is a single dad and is a proud father of six amazing children, Talia, Isaiah, Reggie Jr., Justice, Devion and Jeremiah. Reggie, you sound like you've had an incredible life journey, and we are really honored to be talking with you today. Thank you very much for joining us. No problem at all, and it is such a blessing and an honor to be here. Cynthia, Caitlin, Hannah, thank you. Thank you all so very much for, for just taking time out of your busy schedule and allowing us to, to come and just be a part and, and, and do what we do best, and that's uh, uh trying to reach other fathers and mentors as well. Thank you very much. And we thank you for the great work that you're doing as well, because Caitlin and I both agree that it's really revolutionary. I mean, you are breathing life into this concept, revitalizing the concept of the crucial role that a father plays for both his sons and his daughters. And Absolutely. How did the concept of this book come about? We know that you're a father and you have six wonderful children. Did one of them inspire you to write this book? Did your ministry inspire you to write this book? How did it come about? That That is the best question. Uh, and I always love to tackle it personally. Um, we all were just enjoying each other, enjoying each other's families. And, and by the way, I love telling this story because we were outside in the backyard playing dominoes, uh, myself, 
Todd and, and Daryl Sanders and just enjoying each other, enjoying each other's company. And there's a running joke that I, I wasn't winning, but even though they know for a fact that I, <laughs> of course I was, uh, they say it's up for debate, but it's okay. And, you know, our kids were, were in the, in the backyard of Todd Battle's um, uh, home, beautiful, lovely home, playing on the play structure. And it was my, I have, I have four children and two stepchildren that I love and I call them, they are mine. So uh, they were all in the backyard playing and, and my middle boy, Justice, he was swinging on the, the jungle gym set and just out of nowhere, he just starts screaming, daddy, look, daddy, look. He was just so excited Aww. because he had accomplished doing something that he, I guess, couldn't do at school and had finally got it. And, and Todd, myself and Daryl being fathers, it caught our attention quickly. So we all turned. The, the domino game was on a pause for momentarily. And we looked at him and we chuckled and and got back to the, the basketball game. I mean, excuse me, the domino game. And immediately, Daryl Sanders just paused and he was like, wow, you know what's so universal about that is that all around the world in uh, India and in Africa, you know, there are little children screaming out, daddy, look, daddy, look. And at the meantime, I'm paying no attention because I'm so engulfed in the, in, in the domino game, <laughs> engulfed in the game that um, Todd actually paused himself. And he, and he said, you know, what's funny is you don't too often hear them say, mama, look, they always want daddy to look. Why, why do they want daddy to look? And I kind of paused and I, I was like, Hey, you know, what am I missing out on? Because there's a saying, we, we are all uh, ministers. And, and Daryl Sanders said that would preach, that would preach. And, and that's a saying, uh, which basically means that that would be a great sermon topic mm -hmm. or sermon, a great sermon discussion. And immediately I just said, no, that's, that's, that's a book. And oh. we looked at each other. We got excited. The d game just completely stopped. We <laughs> scrambled around for pen and pad and questions started to arise immediately. Uh, you know, why is it so important for a dad to look? What are the, are there dangers of a father not looking? And, and here we are today. Um, years in and, and and it's the most humbling thing I've ever been a part of. Wow. Well, that is just such a beautiful story. Um, thank you so, so much for coming up with this idea and writing this book, because I think that it's something that definitely needs to be explored and said, you know, I was raised by a single mother and I had an absent father throughout my childhood. So I can definitely, um, relate in the sense that fathers are important and they should play a, a role in their child's life. So absolutely. I think it's it's really, really inspirational that you guys are kind of tackling this this issue because I definitely think it's an epidemic of um, fathers not being present. Yes. So what exactly is DTL? DTL is acronym for uh, daddies that look and it's once again, it's just amazing how we feel that God has given us so many different things to, that that accumulates and, and makes this book what it is because it's more than a book. It's it's a ministry where we do we do conferences now. Um, we we do a lot of we're we're planning on doing even more outreach. But DTL it means daddies that look, and DTL is not necessarily a father or a biological dad so to speak, per se, but a, a daddy figure or a mentor that purposefully and intentionally is looking or paying very close attention to see their child or that youth that, that they've 
um, taken under their wings and, and they're giving these, these young people a foundation to, a foundation to grow on in spite of his nationality, in, in spite of his culture or his, or his ethnicity, um, a DTL, a daddy that looks will direct them towards success, pushing them and ca- kind of catapulting them, um, and making sure that they, that this, this child believes and knows they put their mind to it and, uh, whether it's their dream or their dream or their goals, they can do anything that they set their mind to towards. Right, right. And I think what's really important about this, about a DTL, is that a daddy that looks is critical for both a young boy and a young girl growing up in different ways. You know, for the young boy, that dad is the role model. And for the young girl, that dad teaches her how to value herself and how to stand strong and stand tall. And so it is this message behind the book of a daddy that looks really catering to serve both young girls and young boys. I'm sorry, you you there? Oh, yes, we're here. So we were just talking about how wonderful this idea is of a daddy that looks for both young boys and young girls growing up because young boys need that father figure, that role model in their life. Yes. Young girls need someone to teach them how to stand strong and stand tall. And so does this message of a DTL really cater to fathers to teach and impact both their young boys and their young girls? Absolutely. And and that's another thing that we kind of bring out because me personally with having a daughter and the rest is a house full of boys, we're a firm believer that a, a DTL, a daddy that looks they're the ones that are engaging in their 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 child's world. You know, um, mm-hmm. they're involved in their activities, whether they want to play tennis, basketball, or captain of a school band. Uh, they, they're involved in wanting to know who their children are hanging, hanging, hanging with or the video games that they're playing, the websites that they're watching. And another thing that we all do as fathers, we have what's called a daddy-daughter day. Oh, where wow. we take our we take our daughter we date our daughters, um, we we show them what it's what it's like without the pressure of of any ex, any expectancies. You know, it's just pure love. This is what a man does. He opens the door. He he brings flowers and and uh, he takes you out to dinner. And you know, there's no pressure for anything. So they're learning at it at it. My daughter's learning at an early age what to expect. So that when some guy on out out there in the world is trying to woo and, and are, she'll know. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And for a young man, I I mean, I think both young women and young, young women and young men are looking for love Mm. out in the world. If they're not getting it at home, especially from a father figure, young girls are looking, looking and, and so are young men. That's why a, a lot of them tend to resort to gangs and, being accepted elsewhere. Right. And that's why we need more DTLs. Well, thank Absolutely. you very, very much, Reggie, for this conversation. It's been no problem. Such a pleasure talking to you about all that it means to be a father. I know you've inspired many, and I'm sure many of our listeners will be really feeling renewed after they check out this conversation and your website, daddylook.net, for more information on the terrific book, Daddy Look. I'm Hannah Hundel. And I'm Caitlin Darrow. Remember to visit our events page on our site at btsya.org to keep the date for April 25th, Book Blowout Bash. Also, please visit our radio website at expressyourselfteenradio.com. We'll be right back in the next segment as we continue our conversation. 
There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the tech team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. I'm Hannah Hundle, and today's hot topic is the gift of asking. And I'm Caitlin Darrow. We're having an amazing time today getting to speak with the authors of the moving book, Daddy Look. To add to the power-packed conversation, we are so honored to welcome to the program Dr. Todd Battle, the pastor at the Greater New Mount Hermann Missionary Baptist Church of Fairfield, California. Oh, actually, Berkeley, California, excuse me. Uh, Dr. Battle acknowledged and accepted his calling into gospel ministry of Jesus Christ at the age of 20. Along with co-authoring Daddy Look, Todd has written several Bible studies and lectures. Todd conducted seminars, workshops, and revivals throughout all of California, as well as other parts of the country. We are amazed by your profound dedication to your work, and we are so honored to welcome you to the program today. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here with you, Hannah and Caitlin, and it is definitely just a privilege to be able to share uh, what we're doing and how we're uh, just trying to encourage dads all across the world. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's so inspirational. As I was saying in um, the segment previously, I grew up with a single mom, and I didn't have a dad present in my life. Um, So I think that what you guys are doing um, is so commendable and and just really inspirational. So, So thank you so much for your work. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Glad to be here. So the first question I wanted to ask you is, why do children want their dads to look so badly? Uh, well, we, we tackle this in the book, and uh, the first reason is oftentimes, even though we think things are mundane and ordinary and everyday, oftentimes if we're not looking, we'll miss something that we've never seen before. And our children really need acknowledgement, they need acceptance, and they need approval. Mm. And so they will come to us looking for those things. And, and Daddy, look, this is something I know I've done this before, but I've done it a different way. You've got to see it this time. And it'll be that one time that we're distracted or we're tired <laughs> or some other reason that we don't give them the attention that they need. And it could be crushing to them. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think that increasingly nowadays fathers are more distracted and not able to give their children that attention? Because, I mean, we have people coming home from work much later in the day. We have people taking on so many jobs and so so many activities now that they just don't even have that time to sit down with their family at the dinner table and talk about their day and listen to their children when they say, Daddy, look, it's so unfortunate. 
It is unfortunate. And I do think because uh, particularly of the economic circumstances in our country, if there are two people in the home, a lot of times both have to work to make ends meet. But even at that, we still have to carve out some time every day, if not just to hear what the day's events were. We may not be able to eat at the same time if one is getting home later, but I notice oftentimes uh, my children would still be up when I got home if I had to work. And even if I'm just getting a little snack in the kitchen, I would ask them about their day. And it's really about conversation and intentionally being involved in their lives. If it's not just for five minutes to hear, that is for a child um, of the utmost importance. So we've got to carve out something daily. If we don't, somebody will. I absolutely agree. I definitely think that making that time with your child is so important and and really should try try to make it a priority because um, children are only young for so long and it's such an important time when kids are growing and trying to kind of figure out the world. So I totally agree with you. What are some of the dangers in not looking? Uh, There are several things that can be a danger uh, in not looking. First of all, Within a home, if there are more than uh, if there's more than one child in the home, there could be uh, what we call thievery among siblings, which means there's not just ordinary sibling rivalry, but it comes to a point where there's conniving and there's trickery and uh, a lot of underhanded things going on between the children vying for dad's attention. And so that's a danger. And then there's another danger. It's actually violence among siblings. Um, well, we, we found a statistic that uh, children are actually the most, siblings are actually the most violent in the homes. There's more sibling on sibling violence in homes across America than any other child abuse. Wow. And so dads have to really be looking to see if this so-called sibling rivalry is starting to escalate to another level, you have to be attentive. And if there's a child that feels like they're being left out, dad has got to do something to try to balance that. Does not necessarily mean he loves one child more than the other child. What could be happening is because each child is individualistic, that he has to express that love in different ways to each child. You have to love each child where they are. But you have to be involved because that could be dangerous. And finally, if dad's not involved and parents are not involved, uh, there could be a tendency to be more sexually active at a younger age, promiscuity and ultimately possibly death because of STDs and HIV and other things. Wow. Wow. And you were sharing some some statistics. And I know if you look about this issue online, the difference between children that grow up without a father and children that grow up with a father, the, the numbers are astounding. Can you share with us some of the statistics that you might have found in crafting your book? Absolutely. Um, what we discovered was that 63% of committed suicides, these that are actually gone all the way through, not attempted, but uh, committed, 63% of those who committed suicide teens uh, came out of fatherless homes. of behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. 71% of high school dropouts 
come from fatherless homes. 70% of juveniles in state-operated institutions come from fatherless homes. Wow. And so the, the, the statistics are, are staggering. I, I was talking with a friend a couple of days ago, and I used the term epidemic, and he responded to me, I don't think that's strong enough of a word. Wow. I mean, fatherlessness. Yes. Wow. I mean, that's, that's just crazy. I mean, hearing those numbers, it's, it's really terrifying. I mean, I know growing up without a father um, was very, very difficult. Uh, I feel really, really lucky that I have such a supportive and strong um, single mother, but I just wanted to know what has the response to your book been like? I mean, you've been able to go around and talk about the book and do seminars about this epidemic. You know, like you said, I totally agree. I think it's an epidemic. So what has the response been like and um, how have people been feeling about it? The response has been amazing. And it's been amazing both uh, with dads who are coming to the conclusion that even if they're in the home, sometimes they're there but not there. And the book has brought them to a point that they need to be more attentive. There are dads who were not involved in the lives of their children that read through the book and have decided, you know what, I've got to get back involved and I'm going to fight through the animosity that might be there because I was not there. But what's what's been really surprising for us is, and you mentioned such a, a blessing to have such a strong uh, single mom, the moms have been especially supportive to us uh, in what we've saying because we've actually carved out a chapter in the book, uh, Daddy, Look, Mama Needs Help. And in that, we encourage dads to do things, even if you're not still in relationship with the mom, to make sure you stay connected to your child. The, the support has been overwhelming, and it's been across the country, and we're, we're so excited, and we want to do more. We absolutely want to do more. And again, the response has also been for those, some men and some young men who don't have children, to actually become involved as mentors for young people who don't have a father figure in their life. So it's been wonderful. Wow. Wow. How incredible. Thank you very, very much, Todd, for this great discussion. And, you know, keep up the great work because we will keep rooting for you. You are welcome. Thank you. Absolutely. And we appreciate being a part of this great program. Thank you very much. It was an honor speaking to you. And for more information on the terrific book, Daddy Look, everyone be sure to visit daddylook.net during the break. You're going to want to pick up a copy. It is a must read. I'm Hannah Hundle. And I'm Caitlin Darrow. On May 9th, you'll be able to meet the authors of Daddy Look at the Be The Star You Are book booth at the Moraga Fair and get your autographed copy. Check out the events page on btsya.org for this awesome get-together. Again, thanks so much to our sponsors, Brooks Albrus and Children's Success Unlimited and also Michael Verbrug Construction. Please visit our charity site at btsya.org, which stands for Be The Star You Are, 501c3 Literacy and Positive Media Charity. Stay with us here for our next segment as we continue our conversation.
You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Hannah Hundle, and our program is Express Yourself. Today, the theme for our show is the gift of asking. And I'm Caitlin Darrow. The show has been going fabulously so far as we're speaking with the authors of the revolutionary book, Daddy Luck. The book is all about helping today's fathers understand the critical role they play in their children's lives. Growing up in a single-parent household with my mom and two sisters and not having a father figure growing up, I just think that this book sounds like such a great concept and an important read for men everywhere. We want to thank SevPro of Walnut Creek Clayton for bringing Daddy Look to the program today. And now we have the great Daryl Sanders to welcome onto the show. Daryl, commonly known as Minister Blue, played a critical role in crafting the book, drawing on his first-hand knowledge, raising five beautiful children with his queen, Jelani. Daryl received his ordination as a minister in 2001, and he is, and he is an expert on lookology. Daryl Sanders, Daryl, we are so excited to be speaking with you on the show today. Thank you so much. Ladies, you you guys are just fantastic. I'm telling you, I, I would call that one of those, uh, 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 it's called lignanimous, or or you guys are just looktastic. That's just what's <laughs> going on. I'm just saying. My goodness. <laughs> that is so great. Thank you. And we are so excited to be speaking with you all on the show today. You've all given a little piece of different insight on the topic of lookology. And when we were talking about how this whole book came to fruition, okay. we learned about the idea that lookology was, you know, giving attention to your child every time they say, Daddy, look at what I'm doing, or look at what I did at school today, or something like that. But I feel that the whole concept of looking entails a lot more than that. It's really about giving your kid the validation that he or she needs to thrive. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what, in your estimation, what are all the things that looking includes to be a good father? <laughs> Well, you know, I, I'm really glad that you, that you asked that question, just as all of the other authors have so eloquently placed um, their definition uh, regarding the book. I mean, we have looked at the verb look and also the noun look. If you look at the, uh, the, the noun aspect of it, it means the act of looking. If you looked at the verb, it means to direct. So we wanted to, 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 to culminate or, or, if you would, piece both of those things together and mm. actually make it something that not just give it one direction, but to also give it two. And to do that, that's why we have daddy look. Not only just looking, not only looking at the direction of my child, but now I'm actually getting involved, uh, uh, just, uh, you know, just becoming part of the actual place in which my eyes are now directed to. And so if we look at uh, that question, what does looking entail? It means simply being involved, not just being there, but actually being involved. I don't know about you, but uh, if you can ever recall a time where you was in conversation with somebody and you were there, but you really weren't there. 
<laughs> you were actually you were actually in class listening to what the teacher was saying. You were excited, and all of a sudden, it, it just turned into like Charlie Brown, wah 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 wah. And all of a sudden, you were like, "Wait a minute!" And then and then you're like, "Huh?" And and then when you snapped out of it, right, you were like, "Wait a minute! I really wasn't paying attention." And so I think that's what uh, looking for us really means. It really means m- not just looking, but looking with the intent to be uh, uh, totally and critically involved. Mm. Definitely. And it sounds like you are just a complete pro on it. You know, like I said, the expert on lookology. So why is it so hard for some fathers to look? Because um, it, it sounds like a an important, crucial thing as you're explaining it. So why is it that some fathers have such trouble with it? Well, you know what? It, it, it goes back to the blueprint. I, I use an analogy that if you have a classroom of 30 students and you have uh, three students that fail, right, then you can really pay attention to the three students, kind of like get them involved. If you have a classroom of 30 students and all 30 students fail, then you need to look at the teacher. Here, when when dads, you know, kind of like fail to look, maybe they ha- they haven't been themselves taught how to look. Maybe they didn't grow up with a dad. I myself didn't grow up with a dad. Uh, you know, dad in and out. Uh, you know, periodic uh, changes throughout life. Mother being uh, single, fighting to just to keep two kids, uh, uh, you know, with, with food on the table. I mean, those are the things that, that really all you can do is pass on. And what do you pass on? You pass on the hustle. You pass on, hey, you know what? I, I, if my mama can do it, I can do it. But where's the dad at? What could I glean from dad? Well, if dad wasn't around, there's nothing to glean. So I think that it's hard for some dads just simply for the mere fact that they didn't have a mentor themselves, that they didn't have a dad themselves. And also, you have to look at what we talk about in chapter 20, which is pride can get in the way. Maybe poverty. Maybe they're broke. Maybe they don't have enough money. Maybe they're they're ashamed. So so they distance themselves with really engaging with their kids. And, and ultimately, it might be pain. And a lot of us know that pain could be a real stickler, whereas fear can paralyze you. Pain can actually prohibit you. Oh, wow. Right, right. And I love how you bring up this idea that it's so difficult to raise a generation of future fathers if they were never raised by fathers themselves. And I know that one takeaway from your book for teens particularly is to understand that daddy is still growing that he may never have had a point of reference or a good blueprint for a daddy to look at. So just know that he's still growing and that it's not your fault. That's good stuff. You know what? And and, and just like what you said, uh, Hannah, if, if we would just give daddy a chance to really open up, and I mean, come on now, let's just be real. Dads, I, well, you know what? I'll just say men in general, just males. Males have a real hard time just opening up and expressing themselves. Why? Because we've been taught, don't show your feelings. We've been taught, don't cry or you're a punk or you're a sissy or, or you know, don't do this. But, but in fact, we've looked and we've done some study that I believe wholeheartedly, right, that if a, a, a brother got a hug every once in a while, guess what? Energy would be released and he wouldn't go and, and hurt somebody. I mean, if, if they just received that outlet, God created the cry for a reason. It wasn't just for women to cry. It wasn't so that, okay, when you stub your toe, you just cry. No, it's an outlet. It, it, it is a tool to be used to, to release some stress, some pressure, and some pain. And so those are the things that I, I just believe that if we were to just utilize those tools, uh, utilize the mentorship, utilize people like, like, like Cynthia, Brian. I mean, just, just those people. I, I mean, come on, man. Just doggone right. it. It's all over the place. Y'all about 
about to get me shouting up in here. <laughs> that is really, really great. I totally agree. And, but it, you know, it does beg the question, is it ever too late to look? Is there a point you know, in time where it's too late for the father to reconnect? The, the, the only way that um, that question can be answered is, is yes. It's with a simple no. You know, it's never too late to look. However, it takes two parties. It takes the receiver and also the sender. And so the, 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 the broken uh, uh, son or the, uh, the hurt daughter, right, they need to be uh, willing to hear our dad. Um, the one that, want, you know, if, if the son or the daughter is ready to receive dad, then the dad also then has to be willing to give. So it takes two people. It takes the team. You know, we, we have this saying out here that teamwork makes the dream work. And so, you know, if you feel that it's never too late to look, then it's up to us to really build one another up and say, you know what? Go on ahead. Break that uh, silence. I know you haven't talked to her in a long time. I know it's been 20 years, Dad, since you've been. I know that you're behind on child support payments. Dad, I know that there's another father or a stepfather in the life. Dad, you know, all these excuses can get in the way of us actually looking. But we have to come to a realization that it's going to take two. And if it starts with us, then you have to say, all right, it starts with you. So in the segment previously, we were starting to talk about the response of the book and the response of this amazing, amazing movement. So I just wanted to know, how have some mommies responded to the book? How do they feel about this? Well, you know what's so funny is that a lot of the mothers um, that read the book first, they've uh, answered it with a lot of tears because they've come from broken homes because they themselves have alienated the dad. It, it, it's it's so funny that because dad had to work or or maybe dad was a rolling stone or maybe dad had, you know, some other negative aspects to uh, his particular lifestyle or past that they actually have you know, threw up this wall and said, well, it was my dad that did. And then whatever the dad did. So the book really unearths or it really unpacks uh, our, our heart. And so the mother is able to hear it, but not from a mother's perspective, mind you, but from a daughter's perspective. Wow, that's just so amazing right there. <laughs> it's the mother that first has to receive it as a daughter. And say, okay, you know, some mothers, they can say, you know what, I accept this. It's all good. Why? Because they had a dad in the life. They had a great father figure. They had a great role model. But a lot of it, you know, and, and it's sad to say just because of the environment that we're in and the generation in which we live, it's mothers that have themselves been victims of a single parent home. Definitely. So, I, I hate to cut you off, Daryl, because oh, no it's problem. just so amazing. But. Wow, Daryl, thank you so, so much for this conversation. I mean, it's truly marvelous and inspiring that you've helped really examine the role of a father. And in doing so, you're making a huge difference for fathers and children everywhere. So thank you so much. Wow, well, thank you for having us. For more information on the awesome book, Daddy Look, be sure to check out daddylook.net. And again, thanks to Serve Pro of Walnut Creek slash Clayton for supporting Daddy Look. As always, all good things must come to an end, and this show gave us an in-depth look at the importance of asking. Every question is a key that unlocks the truths of the world around us. Make sure to visit btsya.org and go to events to mark your calendars for the Moraga Fair on May 9th, where you'll be able to meet the authors of Daddy Look at the Be The Star You Are book booth. Get your autographed copies. Check out the events page again uh, just to get more information on this awesome get-together because you don't want to miss it. 
Thanks to our sponsors, Brooks Albrus and Children's Success Unlimited and Michael Verbrug Construction. It's going to be a blast. See you there. Thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and Perry Damon's Kid Star for producing this show, where we empower kids. Thanks to our Voice America Kids crew, especially Bruce Solstein. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world, and thank you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Caitlin Darrow. And I'm Hannah Hundel, and you have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For info on our creative community, go to btsya.org. Until next week, remember, be kind, be inquisitive, look, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars to shine between the my name is Lindsay Marie from Bookworm. Now from the now from the Kickstarter of the month, here is the Wispops and their song Sea Turtle.
Pops from the Kidstar album of the month. 